Another episode of the Bitch Mob ENT podcast. We have today a special guest tonight where he's at in Germany. We have Omari Knox in the building for this episode. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks. Thank you for the invitation. Um, I've been following y'all. Uh, excited to get on here finally. No First off, Happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you. And congrats on being a new father. How is, I want to start there. How is fatherhood? Amazing. But like, that's just the best way to describe it. Like uh, all my friends who, of course, were trying to trying to describe it to me. It, it's like, it's hard to really explain. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of extremes like ups and downs, but it's always constantly something new. And, and like literally every day, just watching a person grow. And like, uh, I love it. So I've already seen the clips, shooting the hoops already, getting buckets already like that. Is that the same time of time frame when you started to play basketball and fall in love with basketball? It's it's very much possible. Like I asked my my older brothers, cause it's it's crazy. I have a my son has a picture holding the the men's basketball, and I asked my older brother. He's like, um, I have a picture very similar. Like he's like, yeah, you're probably around his age, like maybe one and a half, two years old. So it's it's very much possible. Like, of course, I don't remember anything before maybe five. Like I remember really playing like around five years old so would you say this was something that you know you always envisioned always wanted to do was be a professional basketball player oh definitely like since since i started i mean you or since you able to really grasp like what what's going on like when you're watching especially nba all levels and you got a favorite player and all of that like oh that's what i want to do so at what age did you know that you were actually good enough to be pro? Because a, a lot of people have, the, you know, the, the idea and the want to be a professional. But as you know, everybody doesn't make it. So at what point did you actually know, hey, I'm actually good enough to get paid to do this? Uh, that's, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Like nobody's really ever asked me that before. And, and it's interesting. I guess I would say like I was like a late bloomer. Like I always played against really good competition and was never 
amongst like the the best of them but I could always compete and then even in college like I had my doubts like I was started at division one and then go to division two and there were guys in front of me who had crazy careers and never got the opportunity so in my mind I'm like shit I, I don't know if I'm gonna make it if they didn't make it so it was really like I don't know late and then I got the first opportunity right after I graduated Wow, this is it. So you mentioned, you know, D1, D2. What was your thought process in choosing and ended up playing for Bloomfield College? Was there any other school that you could have played for? Um, yeah, Bloomfield was really like, I don't want to say luck or just like a coincidence even. Like I, I came from uh, St. Peter's College and um, my coach retired and then the new coach came in and was like okay I'm not giving out just scholarships so I'm like hey I don't want to pay for school so then um, uh, one of the assistants from the women's team actually started calling up like any coaches he knew uh, in the area first and then he called like a bunch of D2s and Bloomfield was the closest of course so we went there first for a workout and um, excuse me, and then the uh, coach. We're back. We had a little technical difficulties, but you were saying how Bloomfield College, you uh, was at St. Peter's, you ended up at Bloomfield College. You pick it up right there. You were talking about the coach, and you ended up going there based off of the, the women's assistant coach. All right, yeah. Um, so yeah, the St. Peter's assistant coach, he started calling up a bunch of schools. Um, he asked me, of course, like, does it matter, Division One, Division Two, whatever. I'm like, nah, not at this point. I just don't want to pay for school. So then Bloomfield was the closest one nearby. Uh, we took a drive there first. I worked out. Um, there was like an open gym, like with current players, former players, other guys trying out. And coach basically like offered me on the spot. And then turned out like after the fact, him and uh, my step pops were actually cool, kind of grew up with each other and didn't even know it. Like, so it worked out in the long run anyway. So for I uh, ended up finishing up there. Cool, cool. So for Bloomfield, what was your role on, on that team? For those that didn't know, didn't see you growing up playing, what was your role on that team? Um, it changed, I guess, from from beginning of my career there to the end. When I came in, it was kind of like we had uh, two crazy seniors on the team. Um, Andre Dabney he scored like 20, 2,300 points, something like that, uh, All-American. Um, and then another guy, Tony Wilson, um, they were seniors. And then we didn't have much help uh, at the guard position after that. So it was like, hey, just come in and 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 basically was like instant offense kind of thing. And then uh, they both left. And then next year it was like, all right, here's the keys. Now you, you do your thing. And... Um, then my senior year was pretty much the same thing. Like, all right, this is your last year. And uh, I had like been 
I had a lot of help now my senior year because the previous years, like, guys kept falling, failing off the team. So my coach, like, recruited heavy for my senior year. And uh, we were pretty stacked, actually. But, again, like, it was pretty much lead and carry the team. Now, you grew up in Brooklyn. You ended up playing college ball in Jersey. What would you say is the biggest difference between New York basketball and Jersey basketball? I'm sure you know it was always a debate. Jersey balls are better. New York balls are better. What did you see as the biggest difference? I think um, New York is a lot more show and entertainment, definitely. Like, you want to – you got to – you gotta look good. That's that's important, of course. When you you like New York City balling, uh, and honestly, like before I got to Jersey, I didn't really know a whole lot about um New Jersey basketball. Just like what I saw, I guess, on in high school weekly or whatever. Like, um, I just knew certain schools like St. Pat's, Linden. Uh, St. Anthony's, the big, the big time schools, but um, I just knew like, and then when I when I got to Jersey, I'm like, okay, like, there's a different, like, it's just a different type of fierceness and mm-hmm. like hunger with Jersey basketball, like this pride, like, yo, no, I gotta go hard and, and represent. Like, it's just different. I don't know really how to explain it because New York City got that too, but Jersey is like more prideful like I gotta really show definitely I, I've heard the debates back and forth but one of the things they definitely uh, the difference like, between the two that's where it's at for sure if you want to see a show you're going to get it in New York so yeah. you Overseas, you're an overseas player. When you were coming out of college, was there any any chance of you trying to, you know, stay at home, maybe go on the G League route, anything like that? Or was it automatically, hey, I'm going overseas? Um, I knew, like, I wanted to play, play professional, so I figured overseas, of course, coming from, like, a small, smaller school, overseas is probably my, my better chance. Um, than trying to get into like the D, the D league uh, at the time, um, but yeah, I think after the first year it was like okay, just get in there and, and like work your way up, and then whatever comes after that. Like I, after I think two or three years playing in in, uh, in Germany, I um I did a few uh, workouts in the states in um in Canada and then in the G League, but then of course it's like politics and stuff involved, like going against a guy. I'm from Division Two Bloomfield College, and I'm killing the guy from who went to Oregon. And I mean, who else are you gonna choose? Like, why coaches like you, and it doesn't matter. Like, you know who who we gotta take. But um, of course, if you get the opportunity to stay in the country and, and play uh, where your family got a better chance to come see you, then you definitely want to do that. But I just like find a better situation always in Europe. So that was like my path. So you've been over here now for, if correct me if I'm wrong, 10 seasons, this year 11th season. 
how has it been basically over the last decade living in Germany when you obviously grew up in the States? Um, well, the first, first year definitely was like culture shock for sure. Like, especially where I was, I was, um, I'm in Munich now, but, uh, which is like a big city or city ish. And, um, uh, I was like just outside of Munich my first year in this like, uh, town called like Dachau. And, um, it was like pretty much just farm cows and that type of things that type of deal so uh, again crazy culture shock and then playing in different cities out here in germany like okay it is like the 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 american culture has definitely come over here for sure so you get to you get comfortable and you adjust after a while and then i noticed like at some point the the trips back home to the states we're getting shorter and shorter. Like at first I would come home, go home right after the season. So I'm home three, four, three months or so, three, four months. And then it'd be like, no, I'm staying to the point where like I was going back to the, to the States for about two weeks. And now you kind of just visiting the States. Then I met my wife and then it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna settle down here. It's better opportunities for me. Like after, even, even after basketball, so that kind of like was where like how I chose my path. Hey, you gotta do oftentimes you gotta do what's best for you. And sometimes you're not going into it thinking, hey, I'm gonna stay over here the whole time, but it actually worked out for you. And you perfect transition to my next question of you mentioned it when we were talking on IG, you're going towards the tail end of your career. Have you figured out what you want to do after basketball? Um, I've been like, of course, now when you're up there and age, you, you thinking about that more and more. And, um, of course you don't want to keep moving different cities. Like I have my son now and I said, okay, as long as he's not in school or kindergarten yet, like we still got a few more years, but, um, um, actually like was planning, I think before the, cause our COVID numbers are starting to go back up little by little. So I'm kind of hesitant now, but the plan is to um, start a, a club here in um, in Munich. Also, like, of course, with the academy, like focusing on um, youth player development and then with the men's team also. So the hope is that in the future, another professional team and um, more so like basically just the management side and coaching aspect uh to it now but um of course with COVID and stuff going on it's kind of hard to really predict when will be a good time to start that stuff and um actually just got thrown like a curveball in the last month or so um I got a opportunity to play um with the German national team because I actually have both uh citizenships now mm -hmm. the U.S. and the German citizenship and I'm going to rep present the German national team in um, three on three, three X three basketball in the summertime. And they actually want to try and get into the next Olympics. So it could, it, it, it's interesting. I've been playing some three on three stuff the last two years or so. It's a completely different game, It's but it's fun, exhausting, but it's fun. But um, it, it, it 
uh, I could see myself doing that for a few more years before, you know, doing the management coaching stuff. That's dope to be able to play for the three on three. And then obviously that's the first thing that came to my mind, German national team. If they decide to go yeah. to the Olympics, that'll be dope being able to get to the Olympics. Like everybody, obviously they want to represent the country they grew up in, but oftentimes yeah. that's not a chance. Being that you'll be able to play on that Olympic stage period though for a country, that's yeah, man. huge. So when you were growing up, I mean, we can look at the stats. We can look at your career, very successful career. I think anybody would say definitely we would put next to your name, Bucket Getter, averaging 20, <laughs> 25 plus, 27 plus, multiple seasons over there. Who were some players that you looked up to growing up? Um, Growing up as a kid, um, early on was definitely, um, of course, Michael Jordan. Um, and I grew up in a, a Knicks household. Like you, you couldn't go for any other team in my house. But they understood. Like, hey, it's Michael Jordan. Like, you're not gonna tell me. I'm. You know what I mean? It's. it's it was okay. Uh, and then, moving on from him was like the the smaller guards that everybody wanted to be like the Iverson, Marbury, Damon Stoudemire. Kobe, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, was like my next favorite player. Um, and uh, I think currently, like I'm a huge um, Curry fan, LeBron as well. I think both are like the best players right now, still in the game. Uh-huh. Um, I like uh, Damian Lillard. Um, uh, I get a lot of CJ McCollum comparisons. Like it's it's scary. Like all the time, it's it's crazy. Um, but he's another uh, favorite player of mine. But yeah, like growing up, just the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Iverson. That uh, the game changers, like those dudes. Yeah, the Knicks. I have a couple of Knicks fans. That's on. Mike <laughs> growing up was in the way of a lot of Nick's success, but you couldn't knock him. Mm-hmm. Is Mike. He was that great. Like, as much as he messed up the Nick's success, it yeah. was Mike. <laughs> you couldn't say nothing about it. Um, you're from Brooklyn. What were your initial thoughts when you hear the New Jersey Nets are now coming to Brooklyn? What were Ooh. your thoughts when you heard that news? I was excited because I mean I've always been like a, a like a, again a diehard Knicks fan. I I mean to me it's still a, a Knicks city like Brooklyn. You you got probably the better roster or whatever, but you got to earn your 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 staying first. You know what I mean you got to put some work in first before guys start. But um, no, I was excited. Like okay, we're first thing um what this arena is going to look like. Cause I, I actually seen the, the, the construction gradually, like as it was going up from the apartments being knocked down to all it like step-by-step. Step. So I knew where it was going to be. Um, 
like perfect and then uh, curiosity like who they were going to get and yeah it was just crazy i went to one one of the games recently it's a little tough coming from jersey getting there mm. and i don't know being that i was at next games when they was in jersey i feel the fans were way more engaged yeah than at brooklyn it didn't didn't really feel like a home yeah so, so I think that's interesting, but they, they did for the long haul now. So, you know what it is? It's the, it's the new Brooklyn too, like the gentrified Brooklyn. So the fans are not like this gritty, you know, like, and then New York, New York Knicks fans, you know, that that's just different. So yeah. like Brooklyn got the new gentrified Brooklyn fans and I think that's what it is like they can't even sell the arena yeah but it's I got very nice seats for like $90 and those same seats at MSG is like $350 mm -hmm. yeah I'm seeing people getting tickets 10 minutes before the game for like $25 to sit behind courtside like it's yeah struggling to sell it out we're going to transition so with the quickness segment, some rapid fire questions, whatever comes to your head, we're going to start off with an easy one. How do you start off your day? Um, now these days, my, my son is waking me up between 6.30 and, and 7, 8 o'clock every morning. So which is cool, but um, I've adjusted to it now. And then um, get up with him, have some breakfast, play with him, and uh, – then I'm I'm usually getting the first workout in like sometime in the afternoon even. So my mornings are pretty chill. My my wife, she's working back part-time again. So um until she gets home, I'm pretty much chilling with, with the little guy. Favorite things to do outside of basketball. Sorry? My bad. Would you do outside of basketball? Uh Hmm. I play a lot of uh video games. Um 2K, Call of Duty, FIFA, Madden, um uh Netflix. Like I'm a couch, I'm on a couch with it, man. Like uh, I mean, especially like being outside of the states, like I think with I got a lot of friends here, but you know the the long-term childhood day yeah. ones are all in the states so it's hard and hard to really just go and do something like yeah i want to go chill with this person or whatever so i'm right at the moment like uh, other than that, other than basketball i'm i'm just in the house with it the next ceiling this season is what <sighs> second round second round favorite thing to eat uh, soul food. You get so in Germany. Are you able to get any soul food, or is it something that you gotta cook yourself? Nope, I gotta uh, I gotta make it myself, which is tough for you. You know, Thanksgiving just passed, so I'm always going through it around that time. But uh, anytime I'm coming back to the states, that's that's top of the list. I'm like, I gotta go here, here, here. Just food spots right off the bat. 
you might want to start a little side hustle, start bring, bring soul food to Germany. You're the only person out there. You might better make a, a killing. Soul food is love everywhere. Definitely. I, I'm definitely thinking about it for the, for sure. Like, who, who's in your musical rotation? Who are you listening to? Um, little bit of old, little bit of new. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm heavy bias east coast new york rap type of thing but biggie jay jay the kiss fab um cole kendrick uh who else um poof. a lot of nipsey um ross um yeah that's poof, pretty i can't really too much of the new stuff, like new, new stuff I can't really get into, but yeah. Understood on that one. If you had to choose one song that would exemplify your life, what would that song be? Hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Something like, um, I don't maybe a uh, victory lap. Ugh. Victory lap, Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who wins the Super Bowl this year? Who you got winning the Super Bowl? Whew. Sheesh. That's like up in the air. Um, I think it depends on who's healthy, of course. But I guess, I mean, the pretty, the Packers and um, between the Packers and um, Tampa. Packers and Tampa. But uh, I think. Brady gets another one. Like I think they're just coasting right now and 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 just trying to heal up. They like loaded. It's crazy. I, every time, like, damn, he played there too. Like, oh my god. Yo, if they let Brady get another one, oh man, he might he might play the fifty if he get another ring this year. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Who you got coming out of the East in the NBA? Who's coming out the East? Um, long term, gotta think everything like injuries and coach. Um, I like either Miami or or Milwaukee again. I think Milwaukee like is kind of like Tampa right now. They just healing up. They get so many players back. Brooklyn is out. They get healthy. It'll be them in Miami. I think coming out the East, out the West, another conference going up and down. Who you got coming out the West? I think I I was saying this since like last year because I'm other than my Knicks, I'm like Warriors 
mm-hmm. I just fell in love with this team and and just this style of basketball. And I was saying this, just watching like Steph playing with all these young guys, I'm like, oh my God, when they're healthy, like it's over. And I, I think I don't see anybody really. Phoenix looks looks good from time to time, but you take Chris Paul out and they're like, or anyone, Paul or Booker, like the Warriors, I mean, you can kind of remove Curry and they still, I don't want to say as good, but like they play defense and move the ball like amazing. But I think the Warriors like don't really got any real competition in the West, especially when they get everybody back and fully healthy. Yeah, Clay just started his G League stand to get some practice in the game. So Clay back, James Wiseman back. And I don't even think that's the thing that's scary. They low they low-key don't need Wiseman. They could trade Wiseman and get mm-hmm. another better piece to add to that mix. If they yeah. do that, we talking about the we talking about Curry and them probably getting another three. That's that's a three P again right there. Him, Draymond, and play healthy. It's crazy. Play- playing you got the young players coming along Gary Payton Jr. the second you got Kuminga coming off the bench they really, it's scary they stacked and they're playing like you said defense they're top 10 in defense and in offense I'm just looking at the guys who didn't go there like I think Paul Millsap is probably kicking himself like whoever else Patty Mills like and for me, it's like no brainer. Like, what are you doing? But hey, if you if they wanted a ring, I, I think you should have chose Golden State, hands down. People that know basketball were saying they might be a problem once Clay comes back. Now we're actually seeing it, and this is before Clay Clay comes back. Five people. Last one. We get you out of here. We appreciate you hopping on. Five. No people right that are alive that you like to learn or take something from their game and add it to yours mm. um uh i gotta go with kobe bryant um steph curry um Hmm. Uh, James Harden. Um. Uh. Hmm. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out like who's kind of similar to me. Like if I was playing in the NBA, like not super athletic, not um hmm. uh Chris Paul and hmm. defender. I wanna talk to um like Gary Payton. Oh Gary Payton. That's a good one right there. Gary Payton, with the mix of everybody we just mentioned, you got Kobe, CP. That's a good mix right there. If you could take something from Kobe and Steph's game, what would you take from their games? Um, 
stuff of course like um because it's hard to really teach like I, I I work with kids sometimes and you gotta like teach for them and but he's like just perfected like different ways to shoot the ball like out of off the dribble and and uh uh, and and his movement, like off the ball, I want to talk to him about like how to really, really get open and get the shot off quicker and stuff like that. And with Kobe, I think his his footwork was just I don't know, probably like one of the best we've ever seen, and just different, like footwork and just adding stuff to your game, like uh, with his offhand, like post up work using the backboard like everything like I would have millions of questions for the both of them Kobe's footwork phenomenal phenomenal uh and Steph of course I used that Steph makes it so easy for himself because he's getting open and he moves without the ball unlike a lot yeah. of the players that are considered top scorers he gets a lot of his buckets backdoor cuts coming mm-hmm. off screen Constantly moving because that defense, that defender don't want to keep chasing him. And that nope. second, when you don't chase him, it's too late. Three point exactly. It's, it's curtains at that point. It's over. But thank you so much for hopping on with the bench mob ENT. Y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Omari Knox, peace. Thanks for having me, bro. Later.